Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to uh, Monday Night Live. Tonight I'm delighted to have uh, my friend and colleague and former uh, uh, board member of the Professional Speaking Association, Jane Gunn, with us. I'm going to read you some of Jane Gunn's uh, CV because it's uh, so impressive. I uh, would probably make a mistake if I tried to read it myself, just letting somebody else in. So Jane is an expert in the field of conflict resolution, a trained mediator facilitator known to her clients as the barefoot mediator. What a great, uh, what a great uh, name. Listed as a global leader in who's who's mediation and featured in the legal 500 Hall of Fame, president of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators and is a former director and board member of the Civil Mediation Council of England and Wales. Jane says, that with the world increasingly focused on the global unrest created by the pandemic, racial inequality, terrorism, climate change, financial instability, and more, perhaps I ought to say geopolitical issues. You need to add that, uh, that on, Jane. Jane, welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us again. I've always been fascinated by the world of mediation, which is very close to my specialism of negotiating. What's going on in the world of mediation? I know you were speaking at the Kenya Mediation Conference on Saturday. Friday it was, yes, Friday. So I had a breakfast time slot, talk about time changes. I think it started at 6am for me and I had <laughs> to be, so I said I'll be there in my PJs, but I did manage to put a, a jacket on the top. <laughs> um, do you know, it was absolutely lovely because it was their first mediation conference and the interesting thing is they said you know mediation is 6000 years old really except we're just re we're just rediscovering how we can apply mediation in business uh, and particularly in the legal world and they're very very passionate about it in africa uh, and particularly in kenya so it was delight to be there and um my message, I suppose, and why I've become the barefoot mediator is that in these times where we are dealing with all these things that you mentioned, Derek, it's about the essence and the principles of mediation. What can we go back to? And that's really what they were saying in Kenya. You know, we've had this we've had this thing called mediation. We've been practicing it for 6000 years, but we've forgotten it in the rush for you know, to apply legal processes and commercial processes, we've forgotten that we've got these ancient principles, which are all about communication and collaboration and understanding human beings. And why don't we go back to those? And that's been my sense in my, uh, that's been the, the, the reason behind this term, the barefoot mediator. Let's go back to the absolute essence of what are we walking with uh, in these times and how can we use those skills to help us negotiate some things which are not commercial disputes they're not legal disputes they're just problems that we need to solve they're things we need to talk about so what are the big conversations that we need to talk about that we're not talking about because we're afraid or because we're afraid of being cancelled um this is the other thing you know many people are not able to speak up or willing to speak up about some of these issues because there is this fear of will I cross a boundary will I say something I'm not supposed to say will I be cancelled and that's a real fear for many professional people and yet and so we're not therefore talking about how can we have a proper debate about some of these things how can we think 
how as a how as a community can we work with some of these issues that that's really my thinking at the moment sure going back to kenya when we had our rehearsal you told me one or two funny things jane so oh, let me see what the notes were uh, yeah so they said um phd what does that stand for phd so phd they said stands for permanent head damage <laughs> love it <laughs> love it and what did they say about uh, you can't mediate if you're hungry so one of the questions they said we always ask in kenya is have you been fed because hunger cannot be spoken to I love that. Hunger cannot be spoken to. And it's so true, isn't it? You know, if you're hungry, if you're not comfortable, if you're hungry for anything, if you're hungry for warmth or water or food, you've got to get people comfortable. You've got to build that rapport. That's, you know, you've just got to get people co comfortable. Think about their comfort. I, I always say when I'm People ask me how to run a better meeting. I said, think about it as a dinner party. Think about you're running your mediation as a dinner party. So the first thing you would do is you would say, hi, welcome. What would you like to drink? Can I take your coat? You know, you would host mm. people. You would look after them. And why do we not do that in a mediation? So, you know, are you comfortable? <laughs> Have you got enough food? <laughs> would you like a bar of chocolate? As always my question. Um, Can so you those things. You take sweets sometimes with you, don't you, to, as well? I, take, see I do take ch chocolate. And um, one of the most successful mediations I did was a board mediation. And for some reason, we had a big slab of um, chocolate, uh, you know, but one of these very big slabs in the cupboard. And I thought, oh, I'll take that to the mediation. And I put it in the centre of the table. Now, of course, the thing about a big slab of chocolate is you can't... You can't just take a, a mini Mars bar. You've got to break it. And when you've broken it, you've then got to offer it to everybody else, haven't you? You don't just break it and then take a piece. So the breaking and sharing of the chocolate was like breaking bread. And I have to tell you, I hadn't planned it, but it transformed the meeting because it sat there for a long time and then somebody couldn't resist it any longer. So they reached out for the chocolate and broke it, but they because they had to break it into enough pieces and then offer it round. And that's just symbolic of, okay, we're all... We're all going to share this now. And that kind of means, well, we're all in this together now. Jane, can I just pick that up and just um, comment on it? Because it, um, it's some of the rules of basic psychology, isn't it? Basically, uh, the power of influence. Uh, number one, it's an icebreaker. Number two, it builds rapport. Number three, it's reciprocity. You're giving something to the two, three parties. And number four, you're sharing it, which is what you're trying to achieve. So... These simple things, you know, keep it simple, stupid are so obvious. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, that's that's great. Now, we also talked on Friday about some people only being interested in disputes, not really solving the dispute. They just want a good old, um, in uh, my language, good old punch up. And perhaps <laughs> they're uh, psychopaths or sociopaths or whatever the word is. You know, they just want to be the, the world is for me. Or as we say in win-win, they just want to win. Well, this came out of Kenya as well. And there are certain countries around the world where they've got such a backlog in the court system that you almost pass your right to litigation on in your will because you're never going to get to court in your <laughs> lifetime. And it's true in some countries that, you know, that is how it works. Uh, but they therefore value the dispute. The dispute is valued as something. I've got this dispute going. Um, and they don't really want to settle it. And of course, I think we see that in um, historic geopolitical disputes, if you like, you know, between countries, because 
one of the places I've been and visited and worked with is um, a, a, it's a charity called Seeds of Peace, which operates out of uh, Washington. Um, but they bring um, students who are identified as having leadership skills from um, Israel and Palestine and bring them together in a US holiday camp. And they're so awkward with each other at first because they say our parents have taught us that we don't speak to them, that they're a threat to us, that we're to fear them. And then they get together and they say, but we're just teenagers, you know, and they do all sorts of exercises there, you know, a bit like breaking and sharing chocolate, but they'll play basketball and they have a dialogue session and they um, they do all sorts of things together. And then. And then they, and then they, oh, and then the next thing they do, and I went with them and I took my children, they go then to, into Washington and they meet with the current Secretary of State. So it was Colin Powell the year we went and we met with Colin Powell. And um, so they go through that whole experience together. And, um, and then they go back into their communities as seeds to, to, um, to plant their, mm. you know, the better understanding of these people are just human beings and that, but we carry this history and this valuing the dispute, whatever it is, into, into the next generation. And of course that happens in families as well, you know, family disputes and family feuds continue for years until people can't remember what, what was it that, what was the initiating thing? You know, can't remember what it was. We just don't, we just don't talk to Uncle John. We just know that we don't talk to Uncle John. Why is that? Can't remember. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, you got me thinking there because um, as you know, I was involved in the mediation, one that you uh, you helped me with and uh, coached me on. But um, that was being carried in uh, a couple of the uh, in the couple of the balance sheets. And yes. then you're, you're reminding me it's being carried forward in Kenya into sort of as an asset. Is that almost, right? Almost. Almost, almost, yeah, as, almost an as an asset. The dispute. Wow. And, and um, of course you have this thing called um, vexatious litigants. <laughs> what does that mean? Come on. <laughs> A vexatious litigant who somebody just likes being angry and litigating against people. Um, so, you know, that's a term that's well known in the legal world, vexatious litigant. Somebody just loves being angry and then and then say, right, I'm going to sue you. So oh, that's it. How, how do you resolve that when you've got somebody like that or somebody that you clearly don't want to? Um, you know, a client of mine said to me the other day, I think the uh, I think the other side are nutcases and they're not going to not going to. So, you know they're not going to deal with this how do you how do you deal with that it's very very difficult i mean if somebody really doesn't want to enter into a negotiation or mediation or to collaborate you can't you can't change their mind they've got to they've got to want to do it and so the the you know the only way you can is literally by going through the process and seeing if they find a reason is there a reason that they find and often that reason is nothing to do with the dispute it's often to do with when they begin to think about oh well I'm going to have to spend the next two years of my life really in my lawyer's office instead of on the golf course or instead of with my wife or instead of with my grandchildren or whatever that is is that what I really want to do 
Mm. So you have to go through a risk cost analysis and say, what's the risk? What's the benefit of this? And what what else could I be doing with my time, frankly? Um, so, you know, it's two, two and a half years, isn't it? You know, Derek, how long your client spent? You, you've just seen someone go through that and it's every waking hour. And so one of the things you say is, what would it feel like if you woke up tomorrow and didn't have to think about this anymore? Now, some people don't want to do that. Sometimes their purpose has become this case. And so it, it's for them, they don't know who they would be without it. Perhaps they don't have anything else in their life and pursuing this vendetta has become their purpose. Mm -hmm. And you often get that in neighborhood disputes, for example, um, very, very difficult to manage those because, you know, you're talking to human beings on a different level. It isn't about who's right or wrong. It isn't about the legal rights and wrongs of the case. It's about someone's sense of purpose. And how do they find another purpose that supplements that one or supplants that one? It's very, very, very challenging. They need a life coach or they need a few mates. Well, they need a life, Derek, basically. <laughs> no, they need a few pals, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. And I think, you know. Yeah. And then it's about having compassion for someone to say, well, that is the problem, you know, and that's a sad problem to have, isn't it, really? That often, often for people, what they're operating from is a place of fear. Uh, you know, and that's true for many of us, you know, right now with, with all the things that are going on, it, it stimulates a sense of fear in us. And people have a fear of not being good enough, not having a purpose. All of those things matter to us all. And they're often at the root of why we pursue other people, because we want to feel in some sense, we feel less than less than good about ourselves, less than someone else. Yes, Kate's just putting it there. The fear of being insignificant is huge. I was just, I was just thinking about that as well. You're right about so not, right, having, not having anything else to do. They've been made redundant or they've, they've sold their business and they don't know what to do with themselves and they need, they need a bit of help, don't they? Not from a psychologist. They need a bit yeah. of help from from their pals or from people like us to be honest to give them a, a steer or two yeah you no know, I, I can see that so often what well, often then I'm not mediating a legal case I'm mediating grief fear of insignificance you know you're mediating so sometimes the problem is not what the parties say it is it's something else it's those things um absolutely yeah no i can see that i can see that um we were talking about uh, people not people in power or even in government not practicing what they preach um, <laughs> that was a bit of a hobby horse of yours i i detected jane well i suppose my experience of being on different boards um of observing as we all have been recently quite closely are our members of parliament um, uh, and changing of leadership, do they practice what they preach and do they actually practice these? That's why I've gone back to the essence and principles of mediation. Do we see those in practice? And there's simple skills like, are we listening to people? Are we really listening to people? Are we listening to the electorate, for example? Are we really listening to people? Are we 
I mean, it's shocking, isn't it, really, that we watch the behaviour that we watch in terms of how our, you know, the leaders of our country have been in and out of office in the last few months. Mm. I think it's shocking the way they, the things they say about each other, the way they behave towards each other. And of course, that's that's modelling, isn't it? That models to other people. Oh, is that what leadership is? Perhaps that's how I should be operating as a leader in my business. And of course, young people are watching that too and thinking, oh, that's leadership. Well, it's not. That's not leadership, is it really? No, it's not. It's a very poor example of it. And I feel, honestly, feel quite ashamed that we should think that that is what leadership looks like. And of course, it's flying around on social media as well. We mustn't forget that, which is a totally new phenomenon, isn't it? When we think about it, perhaps over the last 10 or 15 years, people yeah. can say anything on social media and, and look, make it look like they've got the authority to do it. I um, put a LinkedIn post up last week about um, Elon Musk. I couldn't believe, you know, he's bought Twitter. And I, if he opens it up and then lets Trump and people like that say whatever they like, which influences people, that's, um, well, it's not right. It's not right. And why on earth has he paid 44 billion for Twitter, which has only just made a profit? That's a, another issue we could go into for, for another day, couldn't we? But Jane, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because um, it hit a hot spot with me, uh, mm. you were saying that we have quite a social responsibility now to help people who are in trouble with, electricity bills going up by 400 percent you know there's a number of pubs that we can all think about which will just close won't they if they don't it's change. my passion and i'm not a pub goer but um i read an article um recently about i think it was one of the oldest pubs in the country that had survived i can't tell you how many wars pandemics and then it said but we're going to have to close and then I went to book another pub recently for a lunch this week and looked on the website and he said, we're closed. So I rang the owner because I knew the owner and I said, what's happened? And he said, well, he said, the uh, my electricity bill has gone up for my energy bill had gone up from 2000 to 4,000 4, just in the summer. And he said, now, you know, outdoor seating, everything's, but he said, my energy bill for October would be 7,000 pounds. Plus, with Brexit, can't get the staff. I mean, all the local places are struggling for staff. He said, I just have to close. So I was giving a keynote speech at the Chartered Institute's um, mediation symposium. And I thought, again, how would we use the skills and the process of mediation to look at this problem? So I set it up as a problem. Here's a pub or restaurant in a village it's got two owners and the two owners between them can't agree, but they think they're not going to survive till Christmas. So what would the alternative be? The alternative would be to have a conversation about it. And who could you involve in that conversation if you opened it up to more than just the two owners? Well, you could invite the staff to contribute their thoughts. You could invite the customers. You could invite the landlord. You could invite the community. And everybody could then say, what could we all do? What ideas do we have that would keep this pub open to Christmas or beyond Christmas or for the next six months? Could it, for example, become a community hub? Could the book club meet there? Could some of the people who are working from home go there once a week? Could you have a, a business club that could start up there as a sort of mastermind group, Derek, for local hybrid workers? 
are there lots of ideas that could keep this place going? Um, but you need to have that conversation. And I think the mediation process and a stakeholder dialogue could help that happen. So that was one thing. I went to visit a cricket club in just outside Cardiff and they had already done this and they were opening up the cricket club facilities for uh, wakes, um, toddler groups. They were doing exactly that and they'd managed to keep their cricket club going. And then on Monday last week, I went to visit near here, a small farm. There's a, a friend of mine called Emma. She's a young girl, but she runs her own sheep and cattle farm called Emma's Useful Acres. <laughs> love it, love it. She was struggling. And I said, you know, what do you need, Emma? How could the community support you? Because so both of two of those people I'm going to interview on my podcast, so they get some publicity but also so that we get this idea that having a conversation around this in the community could help these people to come up with some different ideas. So Emma uh, and Gareth from the Cricket Club are going to be on my podcast to discuss this. And I'm going to go meet the other pub owners. <laughs> I'm the pub saviour. <laughs> Again, for somebody who doesn't drink alcohol, I don't even drink. Doesn't have caffeine. I've always <laughs> tried to buy you a drink and failed miserably. You are a bit different, aren't you? you so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I do feel passionate about community as well and that we should support our local communities because when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. And I have always, always um, shopped locally, gone to the farmer's market, bought my Christmas shopping in the local village rather than going to the town and I just think more than ever, we need to do that. I think my husband came home with some statistics to say, if we did that, we would add, I can't remember how much, to the local economy. It's massive. But we don't think to do that, to shop locally, to support our local communities. And now's the time to do that. So not sure. I think I've got a bit of a campaign going here. <laughs> need to start a campaign, I think, to... Well, you've, got, you've got 15 supporters on here straight away so you sold it brilliantly and uh, I was just thinking about where Godfrey lives where Nancy lives there's uh, all these old-fashioned pubs uh, too many of them and half of them are going to go pretty quickly but but the other worst thing is my pal who had a pub of course had a personal guarantee to Green King the landlords and it took him years to pay that off because it's scary the, times, the Derek. Really of the lease in this property company yeah, was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it's scary times for for mm. sure for these pub owners. So mm. um, they do they do need help, and you know I I know times have changed a bit, and people stay in and watch Netflix, but we will miss our we will miss our communities if we let them fade away. Mm. Um, and of course, Amazon's got a lot to answer for this, hasn't it? You it's know. easy, isn't it? You know, all of this is easy. It's easy to sit at home and have Amazon. And of course, there are some things that are convenient to have delivered to your door. But there are other times when actually going somewhere and meeting someone. I mean, I won't. I mean, on principle, I won't go to an automatic cash point, uh, an automatic um, checkout. I will go to I will go to a human being at the supermarket because Otherwise, there won't be any human beings at the supermarket. And we're actually contributing to people losing their jobs by doing that, because they'll just say, well, look, everybody loves the automated tills. 
it's like keeping on using cash. If we don't use cash, there won't be any cash. So, you know, on principle, we have to keep supporting the human interaction. Mm. And otherwise, that these things will just fade and die and then we'll wonder where they went to. I think before we close it and then have an open discussion, Jane, tell us about the most awkward uh, mediation you've been in in the last, uh, since you were last on in the last six to nine months. Since we were last on, gosh, I'm trying to think now. What, who have I who have I had? Well, I've done a um, well, I suppose I've got one at the moment which is jolly difficult and it's just that it's two business partners who it's just the, it's very difficult to actually get them engaged in the process because they are they are so locked in their own bubble i suppose that's the challenge is when people are in their own bubble they can't they can't see beyond it it, it, it is like we were talking a bit about that and i know you've been posting about that derek about being in the thinking outside the box mm. but some people are actually in the box they're not even thinking they're actually in the box <laughs> i'm not like, i think with some people they never actually got in the box in the first place did they it's like really? my granddaughter likes to get in a box you know a toy of something comes for her and she'd rather play with the box so it's like being in the box but you then you just you've got to literally step out of the box I, i've written um my blog today was about a word i didn't it, i woke up with this word going around in my head perspicacity which is about <laughs> can you see clearly can you see clearly many people are it's as though they're in a a muddy a muddy swamp i'll post the link in the in the chat box it's as though they're in a muddy swamp they can't see they can't see the issue clearly they can't see uh, yes, Kate, Kate's saying, uh, you know, uh, it can seem like a safe space, can't it? Really, being in a mm. being in a box. It's, so, um, I find in business, and I found this um, working in Barclays in various jobs that many, many people can't see clearly. They can't see the wood for the trees, and that's where people can help them. I can see that that's what you do. I am surprised at the number of people that cannot see the real issues, the big picture. Yeah, yep, they what can't. What are going to say on their tombstone, how this will matter in yeah. years' time. That's right, those questions. So that's today's blog. Um, I do blog four days a week on LinkedIn, if anybody's interested to read. Oh, Jane, I'm in awe of your LinkedIn posts. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone's not connected to Jane, you need to be connected to Jane on LinkedIn. Her posts are, uh, they're very professional. I make mine up as I go along, Jane, but yours are... Uh, or just the business well this morning's was hilarious actually because i usually write them the night before and set them up and post them but for some reason my I, I had this weird phenomenon yesterday i was typing my blog and then all of a sudden underneath my cursor all this text started coming out and it was as though my laptop had been taken over and i thought it was infected and so i rang my security guy this morning we couldn't work it out couldn't work it out what had happened is voiceover had connected and all the noise and conversation that was going on around was being interpreted in some mad way and representing itself in my document so a load of nonsense was appearing <laughs> and i thought my laptop was infected and it wasn't but very very what, funny what i can't work out <coughs> on linkedin is why people just advertise their own businesses why don't they give a bit of value 
because people know who you are when you give value i just don't get that and uh because instagram does that all the time and i've given up on facebook and and twitter but uh, yeah it's interesting if you get what's it the law of sowing and reaping put stuff out there and you get stuff back it works absolutely 100 doesn't it and the number of people i meet even from overseas who i never tick they never like it they never comment they say i read your blog every day (laughs) i would never have known (laughs) it's fascinating well mike claire who's coming on friday and sponsoring the event that grand jones and i are running i hadn't heard from him for 10 years but he's still got my newsletter and he phoned me said can i bring 12 people to the event brilliant derek that's brilliant i did the same thing to me sustainability of marketing and putting things out there jane before we close and i know you'll come back and join us uh, at christmas or whatever one last tip oh what would my tip be i would just say um you know walk your talk live by your principles i think we can do no better than that really um yeah it's be about being grounded isn't it and then just knowing who you are and having the it's not about confidence i like the word courage at the moment i think we can all have confidence but courage have the courage to yeah. live by your own principles that's and it. i like the word authentic as well which is what you're really saying being authentic and being yeah. to yourself and walking that's your it. talk um that's absolutely brilliant Jane Gunn, thanks for joining us. How do people get in touch with you? Get your newsletter, get your podcast, get your LinkedIn blogs and goodness knows. Yeah, Jane, Jane at janegunn.co.uk. Just email me. You've got got my, um, you've got my LinkedIn uh, blog there. Uh, So link with me on LinkedIn. That would be lovely. Um, And otherwise email me if you'd like to join my, uh, I've I've recently got my newsletter up and going again. So that's a good way. <laughs> put me on it put me on it jane i want you i will do, Derek. I will do. thank you brilliant okay. jane thanks for joining us see you shortly and uh, will you stay on uh, for the more difficult questions that we can't have on youtube or the podcast thanks very much